windows. The Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys. Hunter Muscaro, Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nucky spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game right. winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. Winner. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Sandos and the sidekick with you on this Wednesday, or actually Thursday. Look at this. Already lost today. ETSU men's basketball tonight against Hiawassee. And uh, will be fun times in Freedom Hall for a regular season game. See if ETSU men's team can bounce back for ETSU football. It is an off week, but we will be talking the little ETSU football with Hero Sports very own Sam Herter. He'll be talking to us about his playoff bracket and where he thinks ETSU will go. We'll also talk to him about chances with an ETSU win, if that could help improve the seeding for ETSU. And certainly if ETSU does not pick up the win against Sanford, how does that do for the playoffs? Are the Bucks in regardless, or do they need to win or need help from elsewhere? So we'll talk to Sam Herter about that. It's Thursday means Crazy Coach Thursday. We'll talk to Tom Conrad. We'll also talk to uh, Trey Adams. He'll have his four downs that he likes to do. And curious what direction. Last week we had a Halloween theme. We'll see uh, what goes on this week in the evil mind of Trey Adams. So we'll talk about that and more. We are talking hoops uh, a lot this first segment as we get ready to kind of get you energized uh, for it. And Mike Gallagher in the – let's talk a little bit about what you see and what you want to do in this first segment. Well, this is going to be something that I think that we need to revisit, Jay, and we're going to go chronologically through the entire season last year, starting with where things really got heated up the 16-game winning streak for ETSU, and we do intros for big games. Unfortunately, things did not go our way with this first intro, but what we're going to do is play all four intros that we did for men's basketball. You're going to rate them on a scale of 1 to 10 and see how you liked them. You're going to pick a favorite, and I don't know what purpose this will serve, really, but it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, sure. Okay, so how many of them? I'm I'm getting a notepad out here. You're making me do math here. You said 1 to 10. Well, I said, yeah, 1 to 10, 4. 4. Okay, here we go. I'm ready. Okay, ready, Trey? Go ahead. 16 games, 58 days, 1,200 hours. They've outlasted the nation's best, Purdue, Virginia, St. Mary's, and all other challengers to stake a claim to the nation's longest winning streak. With wins come eyes. Sports Center. East Tennessee State entered play Monday, tied for the nation's third longest win streak. One of the remaining unbeatens in conference play. They're 10-0 in the SOCON. They're the reigning champs in that league and the favorites to return to the big dance again in 2018. ETSU tough. College Insider. The Bucks have done a lot of winning since Steve Forbes took over in 2015. ETSU has won more games than any other team in the Southern Conference. ESPN's Jeff Goodman and Chris Lowe. The AP Top 25. ESPN U Radio on Sirius XM. The Athletic. And with eyes come expectations. But ETSU has erased any doubt and silenced the SOCOM with win. ETSU total team domination went by a score of 85-66 over Chattanooga. They would shoot 56%. After win. And ETSU up by 14 and the faithful letting them hear about it in their own building, baby. After win. Bradford going against Ballard. Shot fake. Right hand layup. Good. 4.5. Davis going with three, with two. He can't get a shot off. I think the game's over. Right side. Ball game. See ya. 
Their strength is in their numbers. How about Milan Norbis? Pretoria. Devontavious Payne will tickle the twine. Oh, Hodges again flushes it. David Burrell. DeSante Bradford knocks down back. Two-handed dunk for Jalen McLeod. Jason Williams. Loader good for James Harrison. Carl Overstreet. Kanaya Obi-Rapu, two threes. Jermaine Long gets a three Dylan ball. Ripper, he'll catch. He'll fire the three ball. And, and their numbers never lie. Bradford with a steal. Bradford, can he hang on to it? He'll just pull the trigger on a three, and he got it. And Kirkin inside didn't give it to him. Instead, Bradford another three. Oh, baby. McLeod to Bradford. He wants his third triple. He'll knock down his third triple. Bradford wants his fourth three, and he got it. Unbelievable. Bradford with the basketball. Bradford driving. Bradford attack. Bradford to the rim, and he flushed it. Oh, my goodness. You want a highlight real play? There it was. I see a lob coming, David Burrell, oh, high above the rim with a disgusting two-handed right at Okafor, oh man, what a posterizing dunk on Okafor, he jumped outside the lane and just Bradford with three, he's got to shoot it, to beat the horn, he got it, oh baby, DeSante Bradford with a triple. He's got seven. Hodges drives in a two-handed duck and a highlight real Bradford slam. Over to Bo Hodges, all the way to the hoop and what an emphatic slam. Wow, attacking. Halverson broke his ankle. Oh, baby. What a block and in a lob to Bo Hodges. Oh, Burrell, one dribble all the way to the rim. Look out below. David Burrell catches and ducks another one home. But every path to history has its hurdles. Every trek has its tumult. And every voyage has its villains. Tonight it's the Spartans, and every gladiator in blue and gold has to survive the clash at the Coliseum. Next on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Well, I can't sit anymore. I'm standing for the rest of the podcast because I am that pumped up. One to ten, your thoughts? A lot of energy. Yes. A lot of energy. You know I love the energy, Jay Sandos. A lot of energy. uh, Some calls I forgot about, uh, so that was fun. Uh, My favorite part actually was cutting out – uh, some national folks yes. uh, and mid-major people. It to, won't shock uh, you that was the toughest part, going back and finding oh, those. I because we it. do highlights for each game with you, so that's not that hard. But the national stuff was a bit laborious. Yeah, I guarantee that. So um, on a scale of 1 to 10, and i got to grade them before I hear the rest. Yes, Is that correct. what you're saying? Um, I'm going to give that one a 9. Nice. All right. Okay, Trey, quarterfinal versus Chattanooga in the postseason. For ETSU men's basketball, The narrative has changed. What was an historic run of unbeaten play? 13 in a row for the Bucs, 17 wins in a row. ETSU has now won 14 in a row. Bucs now 15 wins in a row. The Bucs victorious have won 16 in a row. Has fallen to pieces as the Bucs limp to the finish line in the regular season. Back to Nishtawi, a hand in his face, and the three is good. He's got a shot at the horn to tie it, no good. Oh, Payne had a look. But the second season is here, and the team that won 16 straight can still step forward. Burrell right at Okafor, oh man! What a posterizing dunk on Okafor! He jumped outside the lane and just put it in his mug. And then Jermaine Long picked a pocket. Now Jermaine Long with a right-handed dunk. What a steal by Armis. Armis out to McLeod, he'll go up and dunk it home with two hands. How about Milan Armis? And ETSU up by 14, and the faithful letting them hear about it in their own building, baby. Lob to Jerkin, he'll catch it, lay it up, missed it. David Burrell high above the rim, oh baby! The ETSU team that brought their best from the game's first moment. Ball in the air, Peter Jerkin controls it. And the Coca-Cola open after this opening tap goes to the Bucks. McLeod with the basketball against the man-to-man defense. Jerkin wants to shoot the three to start the game, and he hits it. Why not? Peter Jerkin shot for three. Head of the key by Peter Jerkin. Why not? To the halftime horn. Shot fake. Got it to McLeod. A deep three to end the half. It's good. Bradford. Teardrop shot good. Bucks lead as they beat the horn. And McLeod will catch it with a run. McLeod will get a heave off from 20. But good, he got it. Jalen McLeod across half court from 28 feet, book it. To the final minute of the 40. One minute to go, the lob to David. Oh, goodness gracious! What a design play, and an alley-oop dunk, his chin above the rim. 
Bradford going against Fowler. Shot fake. Right hand layup. Good. 4.5. Furman's going to inbound. John Davis with it. Davis going with three, with two. He can't get a shot off. I think the game's over. Right side. Ball game. See ya. A team that stood tall from the slight of height. Jalen McLeod, the smallest man on the floor with a board. McLeod into the front court. McLeod right at long layup. Good. To the tallest of trees. Peter Jerkin his ninth rebound layup. Good. Pretoria. A team that ran rivals Reagan and panicked opposing programs. Hodges out to Jermaine Long. He'll catch. Back to Hodges. Right hand. Layup. Good. Timeout. Daggerbuckle. Tough shot, Bradford hit it. 12 foot right at the SoCon logo. Leslie Miller. Timeout. Long the alley oop. David Burrell on the other end. Hello, timeout. John Calipari. Seen enough. But the ups and downs now mean little. The wins and losses out the window. Three days to realize one dream. For the 10th time in school history, the East Tennessee State Buccaneers. They're dancing, boys and girls. Seasons will end, fan favorites will fall. And to achieve their ultimate goal again, the Bucks must be at their best with their season on the line. All right, I'm going to. The time is now. Oh, oh, oh. sorry. Oh, oh Trey, Trey, are you kidding oh, me, Trey? Okay. Trey, honestly. All right, all right. Uh, Essentially says the time is now, and it's a great ending, but okay. That's yeah, you fine. got it, Trey. Uh, for the record, I'm sweating. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I was supposed to be doing that at this juncture Fantastic. of the thing. Uh, You're lathered. I'm going to go eight and a half. Eight so and a half there. Let's go to the semifinal for Furman. This one's shorter, Trey. Saturday, a SoCon rivalry turned into a runaway as Jalen McLeod terrorized the Chattanooga defense. Five seconds, McLeod gets a screen, trying to get to the rim, he does, shot off the glass, he's good! It's the half! McLeod with the basketball, does he pull up for a shot? He doesn't, stutter step move, drive to the hoop, shot good. McLeod, stutter step move, right hand left, good! Durkin tries the roll, McLeod, fall away jumper, good, he's got 22. But the Bucks must quickly shift gears and focus on their new task, a familiar and formidable foe that stands in the way of a return trip to the title game. I think they've won seven in a row. I mean, it's going to be hard. You know, Sibley, and he's a really good player, and Rafferty, and Brown, and they got Fowler. They got a nice team. Game one gave a senior his signature moment. Bradford going against Fowler. Shot fake. Right hand layup. Good. 4.5. Davis going with three, with two. He can't get a shot off. I think the game's over. Right side. Ball game. See ya. Bradford the game winner. Game two gave a lights out lefty a look. Free throw Davis to ice the game. No good. Rebound Hodges. Hodges trying to dribble. Skip pass to Payne. He's got a shot at the horn to tie it. No good. We could have gone to overtime. Two instant classics. One win per side. What does the rubber match hold in the SoCon semis? Season's on the line. Under pressure. The nerves have tightened. The Under heat pressure. heightened as tip-off draws near. Furman and ETSU for a shot at the ship. Coming up next live on the Buccaneers Sports Network. All right. Uh, although it has a lot of highlights of us beating Chattanooga, which I really enjoy. I think that one's a little less. I'm going to go seven. What's the last one, Trey? Every team had goals entering the season. Some programs were hoping for a winning record. Others simply wanted to win a single conference tournament game. But ETSU's one unwavering aspiration was much bigger. We want to win the SoCon championship in the tournament. We want to play meaningful games in March. That's the way it's going to be every year with this program. And here we are. Championship Monday, as meaningful as early March has to offer. Eight teams have fallen, while two teams remain. They're opponents that aren't strangers to this stage, meeting 364 days ago in a battle that left the Spartans without a partner for the big dance, their star player filled with regret. Baldwin out to Alonzo, clean look, he missed it! He missed it and Merriweather got it with 2.6! 
You won't get a better look than Francis Alonzo got. A night the Bucks felt right at home in Asheville. I think it's Johnson City South, you know, and uh, I, I was just blown away by the um, our fan support. Um, They've just been unbelievable all year long, and they made a big difference. And celebrated until sunrise. For the 10th time in school history, the East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Francis Alonzo and his followers had to wait more than 10 months to face ETSU again, surely stewing on every second. And after faltering again in freedom, the Spartans would have the chance to end the nation's longest winning streak one month later in their own Coliseum. Now to Alonzo for a clean look for three, and he got it. Back to Alonzo for three is up, and that is good. Alonzo trying to go baseline all the way. The hoop tough shot over Peter Jerkins. Alonzo spin, turnaround shot for three is good. I can't believe he hit that. What a shot by Alonzo. He wasn't even looking at the goal. CG in front of a blackout crowd, 4,179. Break the 16-game win streak of ETSU and get themselves back in striking distance, just a game behind ETSU for the regular season championship. UNCG would go on to take the title, while ETSU was sent into a free fall. But the struggle down the stretch. I will work hard, I will work smarter, and I will not quit until my dream is a reality has unleashed the cage beasts in Buck Blue. Armed with experience that flattened Chad. Bradford stole it. Bradford, look out below. Elevates up and a big left-handed dunk. McLeod, Sutter step move. Right-hand left. Good. Five seconds, McLeod gets a screen. Trying to get to the rim, he does. Shot off the glass, it's good. Kane all the way in, reverse left. Scoop shot, count it, 44-33. Bucks up 11 as Payne asking the crowd to give him some more energy. Timeout, Chattanooga. And high flyers that flexed on first. Now they run the lob to Bradford, look out below. Left-handed dunk by your player of the year. Hodges attacks Payne all the way in, and a posterizing slam over Daniel Fowler. David Burrell still dunked it in. Oh, man, what a play. The ball got deflected, went higher up in the air. He somehow still flushed it with the right hand. The Bucks are back, and the moment is here as the two Titans left standing slide their storied history aside and fight for it all on the SOCON's biggest stage. UNCG, ETSU, a chance to dance. Coming up next live on the Buccaneer Sports Network. All right, so there's the... Uh, What's the, the score? Ah, I'll tell you what, the last one I'm going to... Uh, Ten, yeah. there it is, victory, baby. Yeah, I ranked the uh, f uh, last last one as the best, the first one, the win streak, okay. uh, nine, eight and a half on Seven the Seven uh, shorter, quarter. Was, I was kind of impressed yeah, for time. Yeah, yeah. I understand, where to go, so. Okay, all Speaking right, so, going. <laughs> uh, and, and fans are going to vote on that, right? Or are we doing yeah, we're doing vote? a fan poll, millions will be involved, all yada, yada. Yeah, okay, yeah. there we go. All right, got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk FCS playoffs with Hero Sports writer Sam Herter. He's going to talk about his projection that just came out, how he feels ETSU could do uh, with the win. And are they going to be in the field regardless? We'll ask him all those questions and more coming up after this timeout on Santos and the Sidekick. This is the Buccaneer Sports Network. Congrats. You made it through National Ice Cream Day, National Hot Dog Day, and even National Sunglasses Day. You took on the heat, took care of the yard, and even took a vacation. But now it's October, and you finally have a chance to breathe. And with that chance to breathe also comes a chance for fun when you play new October Instant Games. Pick up one of four new games for a chance to win $1,000 up to a $1 million. Fall into some fun with new October Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed bucks tickets to cheer on my team. 
Learn more about WowRate eChecking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. WowRate eChecking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Sandos and the sidekick back with you. Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher. We're joined by a very special guest from Hero Sports, Sam Herter. And uh, he covers FCS, uh, and Hero Sports does as best as anybody in the country. We had Brian McLaughlin on a little earlier this season. We're talking to Sam today. And first of all, Sam, thank you for taking the time. And we'd like to talk a little playoffs with you. Yeah, it sounds good to me. The playoffs are right around the corner here. It's coming up quick on us. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk some playoffs with you guys. All right, you you uh, you guys at Hero Sports came up with sort of your bracket. Not only did you do a bracket, you went ahead and predicted the the whole outcome of the <laughs> FCS playoffs. But uh, obviously, we want to start with a team we're obviously very attached to, and ETSU, and you've got them hosting. It looks like Nickel State and actually winning that game. Uh, yes, I do, and and that's um, you know one of those things where it's really hard to predict first round matchups as far as who's hosting because you just don't know who's going to have the bigger bid, but. I do know it's um, it's usually pretty regionalized, and the the playoff committee is going to try to match teams up. That um, it's not going to be a long flight or maybe a bus trip or something like that. So I think um, if ETSU does uh, make the playoffs, um, they're going to be looking at a team, probably playing a team from the Southland or the OVC, most likely. Yeah, can you kind of a little bit in depth? Because again, the ETSU went twelve, thirteen years without football. Last time they were in a playoffs was ninety six. I, I think people are still a little confused that they're so familiar with ETSU's basketball success and 11 tournaments mm-hmm. over the history of the school that they're used to sort of the seeding and rankings and going. But the FCS playoffs are much different. After you get one through eight, those are seeded out. Then they kind of regionally – you said that sort of, but kind of explain the regional pod system that they go with. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the playoff system isn't seeded uh, one through 24. I wish it was, but for money reasons, um, it's not. The playoff committee seeds one through eight. And then they, um, those eight teams get a first get a first round by, um, and then sixteen other teams play in the first round, um, and then the winner obviously advances to play a seeded team. But how it kind of works is, the first round, the second round, the NCAA wants to save as much money as possible, basically, and basically match up teams as close as possible so they don't have to fly, you know, ETSU all the way across the country to play in Eastern Washington, for example. You know, ETSU is more likely to play. Um, a Nichols or a Jacksonville State, and then Eastern Washington or Montana. Um, and how the first round works is, you know, each team uh, that is, you know, looking to, to make the playoffs submits a bid uh, to host a first round game. And, and the minimum bid, I believe, is $30,000. Um, and so let's say ETSU and Nichols um, are matched up. Whoever puts the highest bid to host that first round game is going to end up hosting. Um, so that's kind of how the first round works. It's not based off of. You know, ETSU has a better record than this team, so they're going to host. It's all, you know, if ETSU bid $50,000 to host and the other team bid $70,000 to host, you know, the, the higher bid is going to host. So uh, it's kind of regionalized. It's kind of based off of money. I wish it was ranked uh, or seeded 1 through 24, but for money reasons, um, that, that's not how it works. Yeah, and, and, and but it's not like you can buy your way in. It's not like, uh, you know, there's a, there's a bubble team and – uh, let's say there's three teams fighting for one spot and one team put a bid in and the other two did not, right? It's not like you can just buy your way in. It's just if you're in and you have a bid, you get a chance to host. Yeah, exactly. The money doesn't the, – the bidding doesn't matter unless you're in um, the playoffs. You know, if ETSU is on the bubble and Montana is on the bubble um, and Montana has a bigger bid, that doesn't mean they're going to make the playoffs. Once, once they have the 24 team pick to make the playoffs, then they look at the bidding – um, and who's who's going to host the first round game? So yeah. All right. So let, let's do this: the the what if game. ETSU beats Sanford next week. How will that help their seeding? And in the same token, if Sanford was to win out, how does that change the Southern Conference look? 
Yeah, I, I think if ETSU does get a win there, um, they have a chance to be seeded. I would put the chance at probably 50-50, um, mostly because the, the seeding is going to be kind of packed because the Big Sky has an argument to have three seeds. The Valley will probably have two seeds. The Colonial, um, I'm guessing it's probably going to have two seeds. Kennesaw State has a really good argument to be a seed. So does Colgate. They have a good argument to be a seed. Um, and, the, and the one thing that might come back to bite the Bucks is that Mars Hill game, um, which is, I don't know if Mars Hill is D2, D3, NAIA, whatever they are. It's a non-counter game. So even if ETSU finishes this season 8-3, and three, the committee is going to look at them as a 7-3 and three team just because they don't count any games that – they don't count any wins that aren't Division One. Uh, so that might be one thing that might come back to be uh, to, to bite ETSU is if they do beat Sanford, you know, they definitely have an argument to be a seed. If they aren't, my guess is the reason they won't be a seed is because they only have seven Division One wins compared to, you know, maybe an Eastern Washington has nine Division One wins or South Dakota State has eight Division One wins. We're visiting with Sam Herter of Hero Sports. Uh, he just filled out his bracketology. He's been covering FCS for a long time and trying to help us ETSU folks figure out how the system is going to work, especially when you get in the playoffs. How would Colgate play into that? Number one, they lost a game against the Southern Conference team against Furman. Uh, but but how does it go if, if, if they were to pick up a, a loss here in the last couple games? Yeah, so Colgate is interesting because right now they're 8-0. Um but they haven't really played anyone that tough. I mean, the Patriot League is definitely not one of the stronger conferences in the FCS. Um, and for right now, they're eight and um, They probably will go undefeated against FCS opponents because they play at Lehigh, and they should probably beat Lehigh. But then the the, the regular season finale for Colgate is at Army, which is obviously an FBS opponent. If Colgate does get an upset there, um, I don't think it's going to happen. But if it does, I think you have to see Colgate who is undefeated with an FBS win. Um, now, if Colgate loses against Army, which is probably likely to happen, you're looking at a team that's undefeated against FCS opponents with an FBS loss. How does that, you know, match up with, say, a UC Davis team that maybe has one FCS loss but has a stronger strength of schedule? Um, that's kind of another big thing with the playoff committee, a strength of schedule, looking at who you beat. You know, just because one team has 10 wins, that doesn't mean their 10 wins is better than a team's eight wins, um, if that makes sense, because the eight wins, you know, could could be um, against a, a tougher strength of schedule. So Colgate definitely right now has an argument to be a seed, um, but with the playoff ranking reveal uh, last week, uh, Colgate wasn't even in the top ten. So right now it looks like Colgate is on the outside looking in to get a seed, um, but things could get really interesting if they do spring that upset against Army. Sam, Mike Gallagher, thanks so much for taking some time with us. And I've got a few scenarios for you, and we don't want to think about this first one, right? If ETSU is to lose, because we talked about a win, but if ETSU is to lose, and obviously everything else around the country affects how this percentage will change as we go forward towards the playoffs, but can you put a percentage on how you think that would affect the Bucks at that point if they lose to Sanford? Do you believe that they're still above a 50% favorite to get into the playoff, or are they in a little bit of trouble? Yeah, it, it's tough. Um, obviously, ETSU wants, just wants to take care of business and right. knock off Stanford and not have to worry about it. But but if, if they do lose, I think it probably is right at a 50-50 shot uh, for ETSU to make it to the playoffs. It, it all depends on how many teams the playoff committee thinks is worthy to make it into the playoffs from the SOCON. Now, I personally think the SOCON is probably the fourth-best conference um, in the FCS behind the Valley, behind the CAA, and behind the Big Sky. And I think that makes them still kind of deserving of having three teams in. But let's say, you know, the bubble is really packed and the, and the playoff committee only believes two teams from the SoCon deserve to be in. Well, Sanford is probably going to get the nod over ETSU because they have the head-to-head win. And then Wofford also beat ETSU, so they have the head-to-head win. And the playoff committee really values head-to-head. So I think if you're looking at two teams from the SoCon, it's probably going to be ETSU and Sanford, uh, or excuse me, it's probably going to be Wofford and Sanford because they have the head-to-head win over ETSU. Um, but in my opinion, I think three teams should uh, make make the playoffs from the SoCon, and those teams right now, it's looking like it's going to be ETSU, Wofford, and Sanford. Um, I don't necessarily see Furman or Chattanooga, you know, making a run down the stretch here. So um, ETSU is definitely in the driver's seat. Uh, all the Bucks have to do is 
obviously beat Stanford, and they should be feeling really good about getting into the postseason. One more for you. Under the lens of the playoffs, can you talk about what ETSU should be cheering for this weekend and even the weekend after? But we've been talking about, of course, playoff scenarios are the number one topic of conversation right now because it's been so long for ETSU, and this year has been so incredible, and football is still top of the conversation, even though basketball has started. If there's a four-way tie at top the conference, that's when everyone really steps back and is like, oh, boy, you know, around here even we think that that might be a difficult scenario. What should ETSU cheer for in order to ensure that worst comes to worst, they lose to Sanford on the 17th, they still have the best chance to get in? Yeah, um, I, I think you can start with, with hoping the, the SoCon teams continue to beat each other up and maybe there are some upsets that might knock one of those teams down. But the other thing I think ETSU should be looking for is looking at all the other bubble teams and what they're doing um, around the country. Look at all the – like right now the Valley has one, two, three, four, four teams that with, with four losses. And usually, you know, four losses puts you right on the bubble. So I think ETSU should um, – I mean, probably not the players, probably not the coaches. They, they want to pay attention, you know, to their upcoming opponent. But, you know, the fans, the media should be looking at all the four-loss teams in the FCS and hope they lose because that, you know, clears out the bubble. Um, and I think, like I said, if ETSU does lose to Sanford, that, that, that probably moves them to the bubble. Um, and you don't want a packed bubble. You want to see all these four-loss teams suffer their fifth loss to knock them out of the bubble. Uh, so that's one thing I would be you know, keeping an eye on is look at the bubble teams, look at who's you know, sitting at three losses, four losses right now around the country, um, and hope those, those teams get knocked out. So if ETSU is on the bubble, um, they have a better chance to make it into the playoffs. You talk about bubble teams, and the second-round matchup right now for ETSU or Nichols, whoever you have winning, is Kennesaw State. Kennesaw State's facing two of the toughest teams, really, they've faced all year. Monmouth, essentially, for the Big South Championship this weekend, and then Jacksonville State out of conference. Should they lose both of those games, do you think that Kennesaw State falls onto or even off of the bubble? Yeah, um, probably. I, I don't see... Uh, Kennesaw State necessarily losing to Monmouth, um, but that Jacksonville State game um, is going to be a huge game. And Kennesaw State and Jacksonville State are kind of in the same boat as far as they have really good records, but their strength of schedule just isn't that great. They haven't really beaten anyone that really makes you go wow. Um, like Kennesaw State did beat Stanford, um, but at the time Stanford was struggling at the beginning of the season. But I think that last game of the regular season, Kennesaw State versus, Jackson, versus Jacksonville State, could definitely be for a seed. Um, but let's say the Owls do lose their next two games. Um, that for sure drops them out of the seat and, and definitely moves them um, over to over to the bubble. All right, Sam, we appreciate it. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, answering all the questions about uh, the playoffs, the brackets, his thoughts. You can follow him on Hero Sports. Now, are you guys going to update that uh, every week now or just uh, maybe one more time? Yeah, uh, so we're going to do our bracket predictions, our full bracket predictions again next week. Um, and then next weekend uh, will be when the actual bracket um, on comes Sunday. Out. And then we're going to take the we're going to take the actual bracket and make our predictions again. So yeah, this is something that we decided to do this week. Um, it's gotten a lot of you know <laughs> a lot of chatter about it, so we, we plan to do it again next week. Yeah, I think it's great, Sam. We appreciate your time and uh, appreciate you educating us on some awesome. of this. Awesome, thank you, Sam. Yeah, of course, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, see you. That's Sam Herter with Hero Sports. Steps out for a timeout. Crazy Coach Thursday. We'll talk to Crazy Coach after this timeout. Dear word from the Buccaneer Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated health care system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics, Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 12 16 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. 
Wendy's has an all-new... You had me at Wendy's. Good, because Wendy's has a new bacon cheeseburger, and it's called... You had me at bacon. Well, what if I told you Wendy's kept going and added a smoky, tangy sauce, and it's called the Sawsome Bacon... You had me at Sawsome. It's called the Sawsome Bacon Classic. Sawsome Bacon Classic? Sounds amazing. Why didn't you just say that from the start? Also, if you download the Wendy's app, you'll get special offers like $2 off any combo. Huh, well, now you have me downloading the Wendy's app. At participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's prefinished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson's Kidding locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulligan Flooring. Over the last 70 years, Johnson City Power Board has had a few different looks, but we've remained the same trusted partner you rely on. Now, we've changed our name to Bright Ridge to match our vision, to deliver on our promise of great service you can count on, embracing common sense technology to strengthen the communities we serve. We're glad to be your public power provider. Bright Ridge, new name, renewed promise. Learn more at brightridge.com. New coach, new era, new day. Here from ETSU football headman Randy Sanders, all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks, Jay Sando, still host from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640. The Extreme Sports Monster. I got 22 excuses, 11 on my offense and 11 on my defense. A red zone defense is like Oprah, like you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown. We tried to recruit bigger, better players to come play for us, but they went to good schools. Uh, I got a bunch of mama's boys right now, and uh, we just won't buck up more necks, and we got to get through that. We couldn't do diddly poo offensively. Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? If you were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. Hello? You play to win the game. I just hope we can win a game. Well, we didn't block him. But we made up for it by not tackling. Ben Wallace and Mo Williams fell down more than a baby learning to walk. That is how it goes. Crazy Coach knows that. We got him yet? No, not yet. I have no idea. Okay. Crazy Coach is there? Hey! Crazy Coach! There he is! How you doing, Crazy Coach? Hey, sidekick. Sidekick, you need to get one. Can you tell Jay my contract stays 11.30? I will make sure... I will make sure he owes you an extra lunch now, for this lateness. Now, I will guarantee you get it. Now, it makes me feel any better. We did an epic start to the show with yes. four or five uh, openings to uh, Ode to ETSU Men's Basketball that ran a little long, which pushed uh, our next guest a little long, which pushed you long, which was Sidekicks doing. So I'm I'm still really, blaming Jeff. I really wish you would push the anger towards Sidekicks. I'm still blaming Jeff. That's fine. We do have some good ones uh-huh. for you. Are you, re- are, are, are you ready for today, Coach? Because we got some good ones. Let's go. Let's go. But, since since you hate, and I'm going to do air quotes here, the media, even though you kind of <laughs> are doing some media, Matt Patricia also apparently uh, hates being disrespected from the media. And I guess he was asked a question about Golden Tate. I don't remember if it was a question about Golden Tate or a question about giving up 10 sacks. Either way, a media member is – Anything. A, Everything's going a, wrong a, for yeah, them. Yes, they've lost three or four in a row, and everybody was in love with them. Now they all hate them. Uh, but right uh, as uh, one of the – Detroit Press guys was asking a question. He interrupted him uh, with this. How do you think this makes your franchise better? Um, well, you know, do me a favor. Just kind of sit up and just, like, have a little respect for the process. Every day you come in and ask me questions, and you just kind of, like, you know, give me this. But, I mean, like, just, just be a little respectful. Just I'm asking just to be a little respectful in this whole process, okay? So ask me a question professionally, and I'll answer it for you. Wow. Nice. <laughs> nice. He just... He just... He just trumped him. That's what he did. He trumped him. That's what he did. He went D-Trump on him right away. 
So that was what you're gonna have to see that. Do you have it on video? I'd like to see that on video. Oh, it is on video. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah it's yeah, definitely yeah. on video. This is not a video show, so we don't have it for you uh, since you're in a different place. Yeah. But it is out there, and you can definitely find it. Now, this is some misguided anger, correct, Crazy Coach? I mean, Matt Patricia is clearly upset that Matt Stafford is really just an average quarterback for all that money. Golden Tate is now gone. They're selling, and he knows that they're not going to win more than two or three games the rest of the year. Well. There's, there's one thing every coach knows. You're always going to lose to the media. Because no matter what, they always have the last say. I mean, it, it's a it's a losing. Never get in because you're going to lose. They're, uh, it's like anything. It's like anything else in different professions. You know, the media protects the media. Coaches protect coaches. Politicians protect politicians. But with the media, you always lose. I mean, they got the last say in everything. Can I say, as as a, a guy who pulled for Matt Patricia for a long time, and he takes his cues from Great uh, an, another honorary guy, right? It's funny to me that a guy who wears sweatshirts, right, to a press like they're the only two guys in a league that come to the press conference in sweatshirts, and he's talking about. Posture, uh, yeah, and, and and showing respect to the process and answer. So I, I do find that a little a little funny because uh, you know I am a little partial to some of the media because sometimes I think you can't ask a general question that is a fair question and people just lose their mind on you like you're not allowed to ask a question. But at the same token, coach, uh, if if the question was a positive or telling them how great they are, don't 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 the coaches uh, answer that and, and and deal with it? Like if it was a trade. Or the fact that they were a big win, and you ask a question, that he's in love with the question. But if things are going bad, yeah. he hates he hates when, the process. When was the question? Was that after the game? I think it was after. I think it was post game of that loss where Matt Stafford got absolutely pulverized in the pocket for ten. Sacks. It, it was one or two things. I'd have to look it back up. It was either talking about the fact they gave up ten sacks, or it was the fact that they they didn't have a basically a receiver. Because, uh, you know, go-to receiver because they just Strolled traded Golden Tate. Line, yeah. yeah, they just uh, traded their best wide out. So I, I'm not sure which which instance it was, but it was, certainly wasn't about a positive. Well, they traded Golden Tate. He's a Notre Dame guy, right? You should never trade Notre Dame guys. Oh, Come on. He's a homer. He's a Notre Dame homer, too. Uh, I should have warned you, Rock. But uh, <laughs> if that's all, if you said it was right after the game they got waxed, I'm sure he's in a bad mood, but. That's basically a bad, bad call to get involved in. You know, just attacking the media, even though I love to do it, I would never do it in a post-game press conference. Um, it's it's just a, it's a losing battle. You're going to get beat every game. I mean, Crazy. doing that. I mean, like I said, they got last call, last word on everything. So, Crazy Coach, you have never berated a media member for their posture in a post-game press conference? No. No, no, you can't. I mean, it's just uh, – now, I have to ask them uh, off the record. I, I have been known to get on them. Uh, but uh, – How about posture? So you've never said anything to a media guy that wore a, uh, uh, a jersey on a bus, right? Uh, yeah, but that was like uh, – you know, you're, you're not on the air. In a Patriots jersey when you're traveling with like East Tennessee. I mean, I don't, what, I don't, I don't know who he's referring to that? right here. <laughs> I have a feeling who he might be talking about. You what? Well, come on. You gonna give him the that's next a, one? That's like a D three JV lacrosse game. I mean, come on. Well, we do have a we do have a pros versus Jays segment. Now, to be fair, he is wearing a button down shirt today, tucked into what appear to be uh, what are those like capris? Capris. I think you're wearing capris today. I have them pulled up because it's. Oh, okay. Hair. I see. Well, so the the buttoned-up shirt tucked into capris is, is a pretty more professional look than the Patriots jersey. And to be fair, what were you like, 25, 26 years old, there, Sandos? I was 24. 24 no, years I, old. I, no, I, I think I just turned 25. Yeah, I just turned 25. So. And, and a friendship was born, right, Crazy Coach? It was. It was on after that. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got uh, we got we got another one, and this is. To me, one of the most hilarious coincidences, maybe in the history of news conferences. This was Tony Bennett from the University of Virginia in his post-game press conference. I believe it was post-game press conference. May it also have been, you know, uh, one of the 
getting to know the coaches and players type things. But they're in a media room. Questions were being lobbed at Coach Bennett. And uh, the SID for Virginia men's basketball made an unfortunate mistake. I want to thank Bach for putting the UMBC game on for me in my <laughs> post-game press conference. That's, that's really great of our, our sports information director. I think that's just wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's, that's great. That's fine. It's a new year. I think that uh, Tony Bennett handled that pretty well. Of course, Virginia, the loss to number 16 seed UMBC in the NCAA tournament last year. Crazy coach, how are your relationships with your sports information directors? Bach is the one he's referring to there. Bach turned on the UMBC Virginia game while Tony Bennett is just trying to live his life and, and move on to a new year and Bach sabotaged him. How are your relationships with your SIDs and have you ever had something like that happen? A loss, especially one of that magnitude, comes on in your postgame press conference. No, um, not, not ever, never had any bad um, relationships with SIDs. Most of them are trying to do a good job, but sometimes you have to tell them how to do a good job. Um, I remember I was at a place, we had an SID. I mean, this was unbelievable. By the time we got back to our office, after doing like press conferences and meeting with the players, he already had the next opponent stats on our desk. Wow. That that was that was amazing. That's a major league. Of course now he's an athletic director somewhere, so maybe some other ones should follow his lead, you know? You never know. But most most SIDs are, are very helpful. Now I can't imagine let's see, give me somebody uh that could really go off on their SID if that would have happened to them. Tony so Bob Knight. Bob Knight. Bob Knight would have gone off on his SID, right? <laughs> I, he'd have lost his mind. Uh, I don't know, because Bob Knight's best friend at uh, Indiana was the SID. So, wow. Interesting. I mean, I still think he would have went off on him. But, I was going to uh, say, you, you still think he didn't yell at him once? You think they'd be friends if he did that? Probably not. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, Bobby Knight probably, but you can't judge. You know, he's kind of different on how he handles people. So, but uh, I think you guys, you know, Tony Bennett is not a better person coaching basketball in Division One. He's just not a better person. Just remember, I go back. You know, that is a funny situation. But think about Tony Bennett's reaction after UMBC. His first words were like. This is historic loss. So, he, you know, I mean, that's just the kind of guy he is. I, I, I think he's got to have a great laugh. He's all about, you know, impacting all the players' lives in a different manner. So basketball is just the way he goes about it, and, and he's pretty good, pretty darn good basketball coach. So you got you got to appreciate yeah. how he handled it because, like you said, Jay, if it was anyone else, not anyone, of course, but I mean, like the majority of people, I mean, I'd be pretty upset. Like, come he, on, guys. I'll say this. Really? Now, I, I happened to be in the building uh, in Charlotte when, when the upset happened, and his press game post uh, uh, press conference was um, the, the professional, the, the way he handled that was uh, extremely professional too, considering everything that, that kind of went, um, you know, against him and, uh, you know, making history and all the stuff and just getting bombarded uh, with it. And then, of course, the players had to sit up there and, and – have to answer the and at one point in time one of them said yes thanks for reminding me we're the first team i think we know we're the first team that got beat like you don't keep saying it when you preference the question so i think his team took took the cues I, i've i've enjoyed coach bennett watching him and, and, and ben um you know we were at the ncaa tournament in orlando uh in the same pod uh with virginia matter of fact btsu would have beat florida they would have played virginia and so um that would have been uh, interesting, but I got a chance to see him speak there too and watch him coach practice. He he's a good one, and I think he handled that with the best one. Now, I'm going to give you one that we don't actually have the sound bite for, but this is just one that I've been sitting on to use for a while until we had uh, really didn't have a good third one. So uh, Ken Montanola, I don't know if you know, is the head coach of Navy. His middle son, football that is a Navy football. His middle son yeah. is playing at Utah. And he was asked two years ago uh, about his son signing with Utah, not Navy, since Navy was in his final three. And his quote was, it just goes to show you how bad a recruiter I am when I'm sleeping with the kid's mother and still can't get him to commit. 
roster. If you had a son uh, that you were recruiting, could you get it done? That's the question, Coach Connor. Crazy Coach, go. You're just great with that stuff, Jack. <laughs> Good thing it's a podcast. I can edit. Hey, if I'm uh, if I'm coaching in my son, yeah, that's an easy. You get that done. Say, hey, dude, you want a car? You sign here. If you don't want a car, <laughs> you want wherever you are. So, so it, is that the is that the only time in NCAA there's no violation for just paying your player? No, no, that's the good one. That's a good one. You can't beat me on that. So, but yeah. um, uh, what, uh, what, what other questions? Mother, mother okay, you know, you got to watch the mother in those situations. So I was, uh, <laughs> I was somewhere, and, and I saw Carol Perry coming out, and something. Somebody said something to his wife about, uh, "Hey, your son needs to play more." Her reaction was, "Yeah, I think we'll we'll look into that." It was it was just one of those great exchanges you oh, all yeah. by accident. I mean, it was it was just funny to see. So, but all right, dude, that's enough today. I mean, I'm not I'm not waiting for anybody next week. Okay, I, I'll 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 make sure you're on time next week, Coach. And let's get that contact straight. I mean, I, I've had Fox and ESPN calling about making this national. Well, maybe maybe I can make it up to you with a with a cigar tomorrow. Oh, never. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. All right. All right, crazy coach. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Four down. Santos and the sidekick. Don't forget to subscribe to SoundCloud and on iTunes. We'll step aside for a timeout. When we come back, four downs. Trey Adams will join me and Mike Gallagher. Santos and the sidekick. After this on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets high-performance gas ranges, or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were. This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway, he scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. Known for its personalized service and friendliness, the environment at the Johnson City Country Club is comfortable, casual, and inviting. One of the greatest assets is the beautiful clubhouse. From the sweeping verandas, the fireplace in the massive ballroom, to our intimate private dining rooms to our 19th hole. The clubhouse accommodates all desires. For decades, the Johnson City Country Club has been host to numerous wedding receptions, business meetings, golf outings, and an array of social functions. The setting is ideal for any event in any season. Whether your function is large or small, your guests will enjoy a fine dining experience with professional, courteous attention. The Johnson City Country Club, a tradition since 19. No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye. For all your printing needs. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now. Four. Now. Four. Now. Four. 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 Now. Four downs. 
How about that? Yeah, send us some sidekick. The unplanned unified screaming at Trey Adams, who has come up with uh, four downs, I'm assuming. Four things. Four things. Yes, here's down number one. First down. All right, so ETSU men's basketball home opener tonight against Hiawassee. Uh, What uh, what do you expect a breakout player tonight besides Isaiah Tisdale? I'm going to say yes, and I think it's going to be – James Harrison. I'm going to go with uh, my guy James Harrison, Oof. who was three for three in five minutes of play and had two rebounds and six points against Georgia State in the opener. Much better level of competition. I think also this will be a chance to see some others that we didn't see on night one and get some more extensive minutes for the bench. Really only Kevon Tucker played extensively off the bench. Trey Boyd had like 14 minutes, but... Yeah, I don't know if there's a – I mean, I think the post obviously has a huge advantage, so I think you could throw a dart at any one of any those. And, so, and since I'm supposed to pick one, I'll, I'll go Jerome Rodriguez. Right, I was going to say Jerome, 22 and 12 tonight. Wow, 22 Oof. and 12. Bold. Yeah, Trey very bold. Pretty bold but, you know, usually we do that on Friday. Yeah, but that's uh, all right. Go uh, ahead. Uh. We're a day early. Second down. All right, so ETSU women's basketball, they uh, – have their season opener tomorrow night at Cincinnati. What is a stat that you can expect from the game tomorrow night? Oh, lots of lots of pickpockets. I mean, yeah, that's just steals. the calling card of ETSU women's basketball. Well, Tiana Tarter was top 20 or so in the nation last year. She's gone. We get that. But Eric Handelverton, top five in the nation in steals last year. So she's still there. And they did a great job last year, ETSU, turning. So actually, let me go points off turnovers because they turned a lot of their defense into offense. Maybe it wasn't the most efficient offensive team, but all those steals turned into easy baskets really helped them offensively. I was going to say defensive pressure, but you can't really – it's not a stat. So, right. I, so I'm, I'm, I will go with steals. That was the next thing that came to my mind. So I'm going to go steals. I'm sure – my guess is it, it, it's, a, it's a safe play that uh, uh, double-digit steals as a team for ETSU. Third down. Now we move on to college football, and we talk about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. they got three games left. Do you all think that they can survive these last three games without losing? I don't even know who they play. Uh, Florida uh, State, I, USC, and Syracuse. I know that on the 17th they play Syracuse, and that's at Yankee Stadium, and that's when we're trying to get college game day, and I'm thinking they're probably one of our main competitors. So, no, they lose out. I hate Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, I mean, Florida State's atrocious. You hate Notre Dame, too, so let's just say we both hate Notre Dame. Yeah, okay, yeah, all right, yeah, fine, I'll go with that. Yeah, go. I'm going to say that they lose to Syracuse uh, next weekend. Fourth down. Favorite recurring character on Seinfeld. Give it to me. Oh, I love that show. Recurring character as in the main characters or a recurring tertiary character? Yeah, recurring tertiary character. Recurring tertiary character. Uh, I mean – Newman is like the staple, right? Uh, Joe Davola, crazy Joe Davola is pretty good. Um, uh, Putty is really good. I mean, he, the mechanic, Elaine's boyfriend, he's phenomenal. Gosh, there's so many. That's what made that show great, and I still watch to this day. It's it's probably my favorite show of all time. I'm always a homer to ETSU. Uh-huh. Pat Cronin teaches on campus. He's the famous man's ear or the bro. Really? And he teaches theater on campus, yes. He was the guy that... Sold the man's ear or the bro, depending on how you would like to do it, yes. So he was he the character, he, he like the boss? S- but uh, I'm confused as to what he was. He was the boss that was hiring George on the bro man's ear? Uh, con- he was actually, yes. On the show? Yes. He was the guy, He was also character. sparky on Home Improvement. Really? Abund- yes. Oh, I need to go meet this guy. Oh, yeah. yeah this yeah. is incredible. Yeah, Pat. How Pat is that Cronin. knowledge I did not know? But you know uh, I love Seinfeld. Uh, uh, I don't know, but uh, Pat Cronin's on campus. I'll go with an ETSU tie. He's been uh, <laughs> teaching for almost 20 years now, so I'm going to go with Pat Cronin. Uh, I took his first acting class, and I remember he looked at me, and he said, because uh, we had to do a monologue. He looked Stick at me. to sports. Well, close, <laughs> close. He, he said, I've never uh, I've never seen this before. He goes, I'll say this. He said, because you're, you're a broadcaster, right? And I'm like, yes. And he said, that's your major. That's what you want to do in life. He goes, yes. He said, I'll just say. That was an awful monologue, <laughs> but I believed every word you said. Wow. He said, so you sold me on that. Acting-wise, probably not your thing, but uh, broadcasting, you're doing He said, he said, out of everybody that, that pitched it, he said, I believed every word you said. He said, I think, I think you could have a career in broadcast. There you go, Pat Cronin. That's fantastic. He fires George right after he hires him because Miss, uh, oh, I can't remember her name, Mr. Grandmont. Mr. Grandmont. You get out. Oh, it's so great. That's a great episode. I love that. I can't believe he's on campus. That's my new hero. I'm going to go meet him. Okay, tomorrow, Route Tree. Route Tree and uh, season-long bold predictions, right? Yes. New uh, new look to bold predictions. That'll be – I'm not sure people 
love the fact they don't get an instant payoff, but it'll be worth it come March. I do uh, think we will have the first segment, obviously, recaps, uh, maybe some highlights. Hawassi, as he said. Some Hawassi. We will have uh, post-game comments. Head coach Steve Forbes, if he's a little happier than he was against Georgia State. And I think he probably will be, but, you know, you can't take any team lightly, as he said. All right, that'll do it for Thursday. Big thanks, Sam Herter, crazy coach. Mike Gallagher, Trey Adams, Jay Sandoz, Sandoz Sidekick. Back with you tomorrow for another edition of Sandoz and the Sidekick on the Air Sports Network.